Welcome, everybody, to Mormons on Mushrooms. Uh, just a reminder that this is a storytelling podcast where we discuss alternative methods for healing from trauma and seeking a more fulfilling life. A lot of times on the podcast, we discuss triggering topics, and we ask that you make your personal mental health top priority. Uh, lastly, the opinions offered by our guests don't necessarily reflect the opinions of the hosts. Sit back, buckle up, and enjoy. Hey, buddy. Hey. So uh, my sound might be shit right now because uh, I'm in Utah for the uh, for the Revival Festival and I don't have my mm-hmm. mic and I'm out here with the birds. It's a beautiful day in Utah. Hell yeah, man. Two days. Two days we're going to be uh, headed to the Revival together. Can you believe it? It's already here. Very exciting. Yeah. Um, also very exciting. Tra- talking to Tracy is very exciting, right? Yeah, I love Tracy, man. That was like, uh, I can't even describe how magical that conversation was. Yeah, she's, it's, you know, she just has like an aura about her and, and her, just the, her storytelling and, and the passion for what she does. You know, it's like, um, it, it almost feels like I was like, man, I'm, I want, I want to be a mother. Like I want, I want to go through motherhood like I was like kind of feeling jealous that I was I'm not a mother even though I'm a father and a parent and all that kind of stuff she really makes it uh sound like it's it's kind of an exclusive club that like hey we got our own shit going on doesn't she well and uh it makes me want to take a mom's on mushrooms course yeah seriously I want I we didn't even ask her that but I was like can dads join the mom's on mushrooms course (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, she is, we're, we're speaking with Tracy T. She is the founder of a, uh, I guess, a, I, I was going to call it a group, but like a movement, really a movement of, called yeah. Moms on Mushrooms. So, of course, Moms on Mushrooms, Mormons on Mushrooms. We had a, we had a chat with her and um, she's really creating a cool thing. It's a it's part community, part support group and part uh, she has courses designed to help walk you through uh, the particularities you'll find as a mom trying to explore psychedelics. Yeah. She, so, I mean, it sounds like her courses, uh, she keeps expanding them. She's talking about the one that she's uh, in the middle of right now. And the, the next one that's coming up, it, it sounds like she's just got people who are lined up to, they, they want to be part of this. They've got the uh, shared life experience, you know, and she's she does a really good job. I mean, it's so funny. Like she speaks, and a lot of times when you and I are talking, we're kind of like, "Oh, well, um, I'm not sure about this," and this is an interesting thing. And and she just has like this this way of approaching that with whether she knows something or not. She's just like, "Well, let's find out. It's clear. It's a thing that we can do. We can do it." You know. And yeah, I I really quite enjoyed that conversation. I'm, I think I'm still kind of glowing from it. I mean, we did it. We recorded hey. it last week. Typically, we yeah. record soon after, but this one, because of travel and because of coming out here for solstice and stuff, we uh, and visiting you. Yeah, we had a great weekend, didn't we? And for those who uh, you may also know, Tracy, she, so this isn't the fir- her first rodeo. So she was also the founder of 
co-founder of the Pump and Dump Show. And also she had a a podcast called uh, the Band of Mothers podcast for a while. So I don't know. You might know her from different places. Yeah, but you, you're, whether you know her or not, you're going to know her after this and you're going to want to know her more. She's awesome. You can find her. I mean, mom's on mushrooms at the uh, as far as Instagram goes. Her website, I think, is momsonmushrooms.com. We'll put it all in the notes. You'll find yeah, it. Yeah, we'll, we'll put it in the notes. And she's and, and I think that you're going to enjoy Tracy. She's radical. Love her. And before we, we uh, set you loose with Tracy, um, we're two days away from we talked about it from the revival. Still time to come join us, camp with us. This will be released today. So come and uh, come and camp with us up at the revival. Come and just let yourself lean into the magic and the fun and the experience that's going to be our solstice uh, revival camp. It'll be fun. Uh, meanwhile, an airplane's flying overhead. This is like the worst sound we've ever done, hasn't it? <laughs> uh, it's all it's all good. You're doing it's it's totally good. All right, enjoy. <laughs> enjoy. This is the part where you guys must consent. I hereby consent to this following conversation. She never ceases to be not creepy to me. I don't know. Right. It's just like very abrupt and abrasive. And like every time it shows up, I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah. It's like, can I choose to not have the voice? I can hit got it. Right. Which by the way, they're very casual with like, instead of saying agree or, uh, you know, whatever. Got it. You're going to use it. my like, likeness cool. oh, all cool over the internet. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't got it. I don't know where you're going to put this, but I, yeah. But I got it. Got it. But then that lady comes on and she's like, recording in process. Yeah, I don't like, like her. Oh, am I in trouble? Am I being arrested? Yeah. Can't we change it like Apple Maps so it's like somebody that's a little bit more pleasant? Yeah, give Ooh. me that Scottish dude, man. Yeah, I, I always from Apple Maps. I always I always pick the uh for, for Siri, I pick the Irish woman. I just like like a so little about those accents, man. I like the accent. Yeah. Yeah. I um I can't change. It feels, yeah, I don't know. Sorry, that's my chihuahua barking. Jojo, can we, we're talking. Come on, Jojo. Um, come on over. Come on, come sit on my lap if you, okay. Now she, now, now I've scolded her. You can tell how abusive this family is. Yeah. <laughs> now she's, yeah. now she's cowering in, in shame in the corner. <laughs> she is. <laughs> well, I am, I am glad though, that they asked for consent before you get okay. led, led around by two drunk guys, you know, to protect our asses. <laughs> I'm just glad there's a screen between us. That's all I'm saying. Otherwise, I don't know. Man, if I had a if I had a nickel for every time I've heard that, like we're coming up on a hundred episodes, so I'd have a hundred nickels. <laughs> I think there is me, that. That might get you half a gallon of gas. Maybe not. Maybe not I, even. I, it depends on where you're at, right? Sure. Not in Denver. Yeah. Not in not Denver. Denver. No. Not in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Not no, definitely, definitely not in Los Angeles. Yeah. Dude, when I was in I was in San Francisco last weekend, I paid $7.99 a gallon for gas. That's insane. That's not okay. I'm angry about that. I'm yeah. more angry about that than I am about the Zoom woman. Same. The Zoom woman can the Zoom woman can like say derogatory things towards me if I can pay a little bit less for gas. Yeah. Agree. Well, I'm glad we're starting with talking about things we're angry at. Like <laughs> Yeah. And just making so much sense for the listeners. I'm sure everyone's enjoying this thoroughly. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. You'd be surprised what people enjoy around these parts. Tracy, it's so good seeing you again. I mean, for those listeners, uh, you can go back into our Instagram 
archive and find a quick Who does like that. <laughs> Maybe the listener will right now (laughs) and see our quick, like it was like a 20 minute Instagram live that we did Mm -hmm. with Tracy a few months back, which was lovely. And I left that live being like, holy shit, there's so many questions I wanted to ask. So many, we just like, it's just like scratching the surface, you know? It was. Yeah. yeah. And so I left there being like, we have to bring her on. And so I think I texted you like the next day. Yeah. Let's, let's do this for real. Let's do this for real, real this time. Yeah, no, I love it. And, you know, mom and mom, like we're, you know, we're, we're, we're together forever. So we're joined at the hip. Like we, we are. Yeah. I mean, ours is a little bit like two middle-aged white men. So we should call ours two middle-aged white men on mushrooms so that you guys, so that y'all can have the moms on mushrooms. Cause like, I don't know. I'm kind of crazy about Mormons on mushrooms. Like, oh. I say, keep it. Yeah. We're kind of crazy about it too. We love it too. <laughs> you should be. Yeah. And we just trademarked it actually. So um, nice. So if I try to trademark my mom, mom's on mushrooms, are we going to like get in like a legal battle? Will it be awkward? No, it, 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 it we, we, we take this stuff to the streets that we, we won't get uh, the, the law involved at all. It's snapping, it's dance battles, it's like it's real hardcore circle. gangsta. It's, it's shrooms, shit. like it's like it's like psychedelic shakedown. It's yeah, the, yeah like, it's let's the, just let's just pray it out. That's right. It's the. <laughs> I don't it's know if the, you want to pray it out against two former Mormons, though. Oh, girl. <laughs> you kidding me? We can get real serious with our prayers. I was raised very Christian, so I could oh, probably jump in there. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever like wailed and gnashed your teeth while you pray? No. No, but I've spent most of my childhood and early adult years just feeling horribly guilty while I prayed oh, and unworthy. Shit. So well, can we st- start the there? gnashing of the teeth <laughs> might have actually been like therapeutic. Yeah. So I I, I want to like springboard off of that if that's okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> because I don't think it's unique. You know, a lot of the stuff that we talk about in this podcast, we we kind of we kind of approach it from this like our experience as, as being raised Mormons. Right. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's unique to Mormonism to like feel that there's this God who is watching you that you can never live up to. And so that leads to the idea of, you know, Mike, you mentioned wailing and gnashing of teeth, mm. but it's that like, I, if you haven't, if, if someone has not like unironically cried while doing a personal prayer in their like in their mind, not even an out loud prayer, mm-hmm. but like on their knees, like praying for forgiveness and trying to repent mm-hmm. of their yeah. sins and like doing the fake cry so that God knows you're serious. And it's like, wait a minute, this is God we're talking about. Yeah. How could God be fooled by your crocodile tears? But I still felt like, you know what, if I put on the real waterworks, mm-hmm. God's going to feel bad and be like, you know what? He tried his best and sure. He's gone, you know, 897 straight days masturbating. But this time he means it. This time he means it when he's like, I'll never do it again. I swear. I swear, God. I've never a lot of. Yeah, there was a lot to unpack there for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's unpack it. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy to be um, like dissected on this situation. Well, I mean, you know, it, yeah, it's. um it's tough. I mean, for me, well, I mean, there's so many directions to go with this conversation, but in terms of the medicine, I I've never felt when I finally came to microdose, well, to psilocybin, 
And certainly after I had my first like five gram journey and like got to talk to God (laughs) and not in an egoic sense, in the holiest, most sacred, the most humble I've ever been in my life. I've never been more close to God, like ever. Yeah. Never. You know, my faith in God has been like, I've like tripled down on it. I'm not afraid to say it anymore. You know, I feel like always in the past, it was this obligatory thing that I had to sort of quantify as part of my identity. I was raised in a church and I needed to be a good Christian girl. And I was just born with a crushing guilt complex. It's just part of my DNA, which was perfect, you know, for the time. Well, I was baptized Lutheran and then we went to a Baptist church. So they just loved that part of it. Yeah. Um, but I just never understood, you know, I remember being a little girl sitting in, maybe I wasn't that little, maybe I was like in junior high. I remember sitting in church, just sitting there listening to this man rail at this room full of people. And I just, I just remember thinking, why is he yelling at me? And like, why is he telling me he doesn't know me at all? Like, he doesn't know anything about me. Why is he telling me I'm such a bad person? From that moment on, I just never got it. I never felt like I belonged. I never felt worthy. I always felt horrible. And I was like the most G-rated, kind of the most G-rated kid. I wasn't, I wasn't. Compared to my friends, I was, you know, I definitely had sex before marriage. I definitely was drinking bottles of tequila in my best friend's basement when I was like 15 and throwing up. But like that is G-rated, right? Like I wasn't really getting into trouble. I was just being stupid and ruining my body. You know, I didn't smoke pot until college, I never did drugs until psilocybin in my forties. You know, I'm a pretty good, like on paper, but I just never got this whole repent gnashing of teeth thing. And it's a hard, it's a big, um, mind. You know what, when you come, Oh, you can say fuck. Oh, great. Yeah. That's one thing. And then I never cursed until I was like a senior in high school and now I can't stop. So it was a really (laughs) big, it was a really big mind fuck when, you come to you, you do this massive turnaround and you're like, oh, I actually do deeply believe in God. I, I am profoundly, I don't even want to use the word worshipful, but I am profoundly connected and I want to be a better person and I want to do these things. And it's so massively different than how you were raised. It's a big, it's a big thing to calibrate in your head for sure. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just processing that just for a second (laughs) because, um, yeah, let me, I I guess I I don't have anything right now. (laughs) Okay. Well, that was a great talk guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. It's been, it's been great chatting with you. Uh, so I I'm curious because you've, when we first started this podcast, you know, you're talking about very similar stories. In fact, we were maybe even more G-rated. I didn't have a sip of alcohol until I was 33 years old. Um, you know, married. I was a virgin when I got married, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But so I, when I left the Mormon church, I, I went into the atheism thing and then, mm-hmm. and then uh, plant medicine, spe- specifically psilocybin brought me into this sort of like renewed spirituality, mm-hmm. this, this connection with the divine that exists within me and the, and the divine that exists within every mm-hmm. thing person, animal, plant, object that I come into contact with. And when we first started this podcast, even using the term spirituality or spiritual, 
was almost kind of like a trigger word for us. Oh, totally. You know what I mean? So I, I'm curious as to what your experience has been with, as you've kind of reconnected with that, that concept of God, have you, have you, have you been able to embrace some of those things from being baptized Lutheran, being raised in a Baptist church? Have you been able to reconnect with some of that stuff? If not, that's totally fine too, but I'm, yeah. I'm curious about that. Yeah. No, it's a great question. Um, well, I've definitely gone like full woo. So there there's that, you know, I mean, I, this year I decided I'm going to teach myself tarot. Oh. Um, I have never met oh, a you're crystal gonna, I didn't love. You're going to love um, tarot. Oh yeah. It's been fascinating. Yeah. And, um, you know, hey, hold I, on, hold on one second. Did you say you've never met a crystal you didn't love? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like ever, <laughs> like literally never met a crystal I didn't love. Um, you know, so there's that side of me for sure that, um, that was, a that was hard to break through as well. Like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm pulling Oracle cards. I'm pulling tarot. It took me a long time to, I was like, okay with Oracle cards, but tarot was like the pinnacle of all evil. Right. right. Like, I'm just like, Satan's just going to like jump into my mouth and just take over my body with one touch of a card. Um, so there's that side of me, but then, you know, I will say like our daughter goes to a Catholic school, mm but she went to a Jewish preschool. And for us, it's just very important to raise her in an environment where she just realizes she's not the center of the universe to do that and get your kid to a, a, a educational space that feels right for your family. You got to like compromise a little bit. And in terms of Christianity, no, I don't really resonate with that anymore. I'm dipping my toes back into the Bible. I'm having a hard time like finding a Bible that I feel like is written correctly. I'm very skeptical of the translations. And I guess for me, more than anything, what was stripped away from me was an attachment to dogma. Mm. And once I let the dogma go and I just sat with myself and asked, what is it that I truly believe? Like, what is it that I, what speaks to me? It was just God, God and love, right? From there, all things are possible. From there, I could pull Oracle cards and I could, I could ask God, okay, what message do you want through me? I'm a visceral learner. The pictures help. The messages help. I'm a writer. It all resonates. And once I shifted the narrative to say, I'm not really looking and, you know, in, within the realm of spirituality, yes. You know, do I dabble in aliens and the galactic federation and all that stuff? Do I know what I believe in that yet? I don't. But at the minute it feels like it's dogmatic or too, like you have to really believe in this like grouping of things, I'm out because I, that's where, that's where I think things go wrong. But beyond that, can I read a Bible verse or a beautiful poem by a monk or, you know, of course, and find it very, as much as I can read the back, back of a, a Vita or whatever it's called, you know, like yeah. I can't speak right now. I've been on like 14 <laughs> zoom calls today. Um, you know, so does that answer your question? I think it does perfectly. Um, yeah. I was just going to say what, what alien race do you feel like you are? I don't know. I'm not sure. I think it might be between Pleiadian and Syrian. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I really just, I resonate with angels. I don't think I'm an angel. Um, but I, if I had guides and I have a hard time, even with guides, um, I feel like for me, they are like angels. I feel like it's like, I really resonate with like the Elohim. They would, if I had guides or if I have guides, whoever I talk to who they are, like sometimes I'll be talking to my husband or my friends and they're, and I'm like, well, they said, and they're like, everyone's like, who's they, I'm like, I don't know. It's just all of them up there are talking to me. <laughs> yeah, I love it. In my mind, they're 
they're of the angelic realm. They're messengers of God. So did, um, mushrooms play a, a big part in that reclaiming your spirituality? Cause I know like, or, or were you reclaiming it before mushrooms? Um, I feel like I was on kind of a spiritual journey. It was interesting. I, yeah, I would say like in 2018, I started to sort of, and actually really started when I turned 40, which was six years ago now, like the, the week I turned 40, I was out to dinner with some friends and I just kind of had that moment where we're sitting around and we, and my girlfriend and I had turned 40 at the same time. And I was kind of like, well, what do you want to do with this new decade? And in that moment, in this restaurant, none of my life made sense. It mm-hmm. all just seemed so banal and repetitive. And I just remember thinking, oh, there's, I, I know there's so much more out there. I, I know I'm missing something. I felt like I hadn't used my brain in years. And that sort of planted the seed. And then fast forward to a few years later, I just started having like, had a really profound experience in a chapel in Santa Fe, New Mexico, Um, you know, kind of just weird, different spiritual happenings. And then um, my business was sort of at this epic, crazy moment where the stress was so bad, I had no choice but to kind of like go deep. And I learned about the Enneagram that really started to tap me into my spirituality in a way that explained, like offered more like of a 360 view of your life um, through the lens of God or spirituality. And so I kind of dabbled and was like reframing things. Um, But it really wasn't until I started taking mushrooms that I like just kind of knew, like I just, I felt spiritual, not from the Instagram sense of the word by how many accessories you have, but like (laughs) truly like walking in that space. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I love it too. Um, So, oh, go ahead, Doug. No, go ahead, Mike. I was just going to say, just to just comment on that, because I, the reason why I asked is because, you know, I think I'd been, I'd done mushrooms for a couple of years and still very much in like a, oh yeah, it's helping, uh, you know, create new, new pathways in my yeah. brain. Um, I feel more connected to myself. I, um, feel more like me. Um, but I would not have classified it as spiritual at all mm-hmm. because I still feel like spirituality was something out there. Mm. And in fact, it wasn't until, so I was doing like a Kundalini yoga sadhana in preparation for Doug and I, when we did ayahuasca together. And even there, we were learning about uh, chakras and everything in this Kundalini yoga class. And I was kind of like, okay, yeah, whatever, you know, whatever. But I was starting to kind of like, well, maybe there's something to this. And then it was in the ayahuasca ceremony when it was like, like, there's something in all of this Yeah. that now I get it. And I'm glad you mentioned like dogmatism. Because you can take a dogmatic approach to tarot and crystals oh. and uh, star seeds, come, yeah, Kundalini, which Kundalini. I which I just did this morning. I, it's my favorite practice. But I, you know, I'm like, okay, guys, like with the pictures, like, come on, yeah, yeah, and like all wearing white and this and doing, you know, it's like you, never going to do it. Anything can be your your dogma. Yeah, you can you can make anything your dogma. And so I'm glad you brought that up because I think we see a lot in this community where. And I have to check myself when I'm approaching it in a certain way. Like if someone's like, if I'm trying to die on a hill about tarot, I'm, you know, arguing with someone about it. No, it's like, if it resonates with them, it does. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And that's, that's great. Totally. It's that's the truth. And that's the hard part, right? Like that's the Aquarian way of looking at things. That's, you know, we're leaving this sort of hierarchical 
um, mindset. And, you know, and I find the same in, even in moms on mushrooms when I'm, you know, I just today on our summer school class, I was trying to introduce myself and I was going to say founder. And I'm like, that doesn't even feel right. Like I'm a steward. I'm a steward of this space. That's it. Oh, I love that. But within that, I am not here to tell you what to think. I am here to help you discover who you are. That's it. I'm here to give you guidance, suggest things that might help talk it out and and create a container for us to figure this out together. But there's nothing, I I have nothing to offer to anyone. And, you know, I love Oracle cards, but if you don't, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. You know, I think I, I, I would say you have to do something like you have to find some sort of center practice, some sort of meditative kind of back to my daughter moment where you just allow yourself to admit that you're not the center of the universe. Mm. And I do think that's important. And I, you know, I do think things like working on your trauma and, you know, healing your inner child and working through your shadow. Like I do think all of that is important, but how you get to that, there's a million ways up that mountain. Yeah. That's interesting. I, you know, I'd love to talk a little bit more about this specific thing because I have a tendency to whether we're using the word dogmatic or or stubborn or just kind of like going all in on something, you know, mm-hmm. I, I catch myself because I agree with everything that, that you're saying. I, I, I think that, uh, you know, basically subscribing to any sort of like this is how you have to live your life and this is how it works for everybody. It, it makes no sense. You know, it we are all having a very different experience and it's, and that's, that's colored by, you know, our, 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 our childhood, our, our little tiny, little tiny experiences that we have that give us kind of like, but I still find myself, I, I found myself doing it uh, today at work where we were kind of discussing a thing, you know, like a, like a, like a thing that we got to do. And I found myself kind of playing devil's advocate to try to make sure that we were kind of looking at it from that whole 360 degree view of like, okay, well, what could somebody else say about it? How could somebody else feel about it? Not even really buying into what I was bringing up, just bringing it up so that we had brought everything up. Mm-hmm. And as people were kind of combating that a little bit or, 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 or talking it down, I, I didn't say anything, but I, I found myself almost digging my heels in a little bit to be, to be right about the thing that I just made up three minutes ago. Sure. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, I I I, I caught myself and and had the at least I had the 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 sense of the wherewithal to be like I don't even give a shit about this topic, let alone my opinion on this topic. And well, then it, and then that kind of washed through me where I was like, oh yeah, let's let's keep the discussion going. What are some of the like like do you have ways to kind of check yourself or to sort of identify? I love that you talked about introducing yourself and you're like, I don't even like the idea of saying I'm the founder. I like the idea of steward. Like what, what do you do so that you don't find yourself going down some other path that can lead to this, this dogmatism, mm-hmm. this way of like, okay, this is the way it has to be. Type yeah. of thing. This is, the angels are listening and here's what we, you know, type of thing. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a beautiful question. I would say my first answer is jump back into another journey. You know, I mean, for me, it's about the dissolution of my ego. Um, my, one of my healers just left me a message like just a couple hours ago. And she was like, okay, alpha female, I've been telling you this forever, like tone it down. You know, I mean, it's hard when, especially 
Like I do have a strong personality. I am an Enneagram eight. I am an Aries. I am, I am all of the things that are hustle, hustle, go, go, right, right. And that first journey and certainly my second journey, that stuff just started to fall away. And I realized what a hindrance it was to, to latch onto my own dogma of either being right or being in control or, you know, being in control under the guise of, oh, well, I'm just want to make sure everyone's okay. It's still a control thing and letting go. And, you know, my, I have last few years, I picked words of the year instead of like a new year's resolution. Um, and they're hanging on my wall next to me. That's why I'm looking at them. But last year, my word was surrender Mm. and holy shit. I literally did not learn that lesson until December 31st, 2021. Mm. I mean, it was boom after boom after boom of God universe, whatever you want to call it. Just being like, do you surrender? You are not in control. This isn't up to you. Stop attaching yourself to like things that don't define you, you know? And I finally learned it. But then this year, my word is courage because inside of that space, you also have the courage, you have to have the courage to just be yourself. And that actually is a lot scarier than wanting to be right. Um, And I think within that, and I think the shrooms help more than anything, which is the the magic of being able to detach yourself um, and realize that there's this beautiful connection between us and that it, it just doesn't have anything to do with me anymore. And I, I'm going to say this here because I love you guys and I I'm admitting it like with a caveat, but it was David Icke of all people. I was listening to some talk he was doing and he talked about people being in boxes and that we put ourselves in boxes and we, we surround ourselves with, Um, abbreviations and letters behind our name to sort of like demand that people know who we are. It just makes you smaller. It doesn't make you bigger. It makes you, the more letters you add to the end of your name, it makes you smaller and smaller and more separate and more into a tinier box away from everyone else. But if you let go of those letters and you step out of the box, you are just who you are. And you, if you detach yourself from an identity, whether it's you know, religious or political or any number of affiliate could be sports. Um, once you let that go and you just stand in who you are now, it's terrifying, but it, you stop winding up that toy of demanding people listen to you all the time. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes, that definitely. This is so timely for me. Have you guys been watching that Freeform documentary, uh, The Deep End with Till Swan. Not yet, yes. but everyone keeps telling me to watch it. Yeah. Tell me. I have been. You need to watch it. I just finished it. And I didn't know who Till Swan was. But um, and now I I get it. Maybe some people who listen to us also follow T- Till Swan on Instagram or whatever. I'm not to like disparage her. but And I know also when you're doing a documentary, you're creating a good story. Sure. But the story they're creating around her with that, I mean, it shows to unchecked power and unchecked yeah. shadow. Yeah. And where you can, um, you know, when we call it projection or transference and counter-transference, if you're talk, talk, talking like therapeutic, but like, or the counter-projection, if someone's projecting something onto you and yeah. us right here who are working in a public space, will have a lot of projections. But even if you're not working in a public space, if you're a father or a mother, yeah. your kids are going to project things onto you. Your, your friends are, your, uh, we're all, pro- we're projecting all the time. And we can become so attached to those projections 
And I love the word when you said you were a steward. Yeah. Because I love that word because it's almost like you're saying, no, I'm here to be that presence, but I am not that presence, right? Or I'm here to, I should say, I'm here to embody this presence What while you need me to embody it. But then I'm, I'm not going to get attached to that. So like, no. if I'm thinking of like podcast host, Mike, I love stepping into this role and sure. being it on the air and talking to cool people like you. And then it's like, but you know, that's not who I am all the time. Not who you are. And, and it's not even who I am. It's just mm-hmm. a role that I play. And the more we can identify or recognize that we're just playing different roles, that one will allow us to step into those roles fully when we, when we want to embody them and also step away when it's time to step away. I think that's important. Yeah. And you know, I think like, again, like back to my mate, mate, like big profound journey. And I was like sort of shown my Dharma. And, and I think when you figure out your path and you figure out why you're here, you figure out your soul's purpose and all of those are buzzwords now and overused and again, over Instagrammed and over memed. Um, but if you get to the heart of it, it's a really, it's, it's like, I didn't know what soul's purpose meant. I don't, I still don't know that I found my soul. I think I've had moments of connecting to my higher self, but it's brief and, and too much for this human body to even like alchemize. But I do know that you can, if you get quiet and you allow yourself to surrender and listen, you can find your soul's purpose and it doesn't have to be massive. It's different for everyone. But I think if you find that, and you just lead with that, whether you're, so then whatever roles you're playing, if you're, if you're part of it is getting on a podcast, if it matches what your Dharma is or your soul's purpose, um, you're not, you're, you are checking your power because you're just walking in your path. And truly we're all here to serve each other. You know, I mean, in the end, truly, even if you become a leader, even if you become a king or, you know, whatever, some sort of high figure that people look to, you can still be of service, you know? Mm. And if you can maintain that philosophy and stay with that, then the roles you play are very simple and very clear. And then it doesn't, and if it conflicts with your path, then you don't do it anymore. You know, it's very easy because it doesn't feel right. And, you know, it's funny, I was just thinking when you were talking, you were talking about like gnashing of teeth and stuff. And I have to say, you know, in the last two years, I probably spent more time on my knees on the floor crying in prayer and like, like literally like head on the floor just instinctively than I ever did in the Christian church. And I think that's because when you allow yourself to, to surrender to the divine, you want to let in the lessons that you're supposed to learn and you're okay with allowing yourself to mourn the parts of you that failed that day. Man, I, I subscribe whatever it takes to get daily wisdom or daily thoughts from you. I hereby (laughs) subscribe because this is like, this is timely. It's, It's like touching on a thing that I've been kind of, trying to figure out lately. I'll, I'll use like an, I'll use like a real easy to digest example, but this, but this example can be true about anything in, in life. So say, take, take something as innocuous as the uh, act of dancing therapeutically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
like we all, I think we all subscribe to that idea of like, oh totally. man, dancing so good for you. It feels so good. It makes you kind of feel alive. It kind of gets your, it gets your dopamine going. But then I also notice like suddenly dancing for therapy becomes this performative mm-hmm. thing of people putting lessons in it and to, and teaching others. And then suddenly it's, it's no longer an inward thing. It's suddenly an outward thing, right? I'm, I'm, those of you listening, I'm just speaking as this is an example. I, I love all of you and I love your dancing. I, I think it's amazing. But then what happens to me is, okay, I'm, I'm down. Like, let's get some dancing for uh, like for self care for, yeah. for, for mental health benefits. But as soon as I, as soon as I'm conscious of doing that, I become aware that I'm now like, okay, I hope people can see that I'm dancing in this little like live music thing or this little like dive bar that has a open mic night or just whatever the fuck it is. I suddenly find that I'm in my head again Yep. about like, okay, are people seeing how easy it is for me to just let go and dance and not care about what I look like? But, 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 but then again, I deeply care about what I look yep. like once again. So I'm, so I'm doing that loop again where I, I, I kind of got to that point where dance like nobody is watching and I'm feeling it and I'm feeling alive and I feel good after I'm, after I've you know finished or whatever it is, but then it, it kind of tips, right? It tips to now I'm like, well, I hope everybody is paying attention to how good I feel and how free I am and how I can dance this way and not care what people think about me. Aren't I inspiring everyone around me? I hope everyone's feeling inspired. Yes, Yes. exactly. Mm -hmm. And that just, and and that becomes sort of like a, 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 a cycle that exists in everything in in, in, in my life that I become aware of. Do you know what I mean? And, And maybe it's the mushrooms that help me like be more cognitive of that kind of stuff, but it's like, I'll go into a, a journey and suddenly I'll be like, Dude, you you you're just playing these different roles. Yeah, you're just playing the part. Like you know, Mike, you were mentioning you're you're playing the role of podcast host, Mike. Sometimes, sometimes, but that's not that doesn't really it circles around it, but it doesn't really pinpoint the you that you want to express, like the 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 you-ness that exists, right? Yeah, and that's true about dancing or doing yoga or doing a lot of. I mean, even even doing the thing that we're here to talk about. Yeah. You know, it becomes this thing of like, well, so when did you get into it and how many times and what's your microdosing schedule? And it becomes this whole thing of like, once again, I find myself projecting onto others and comparing myself to oh. where do I fit in on this high, this human hierarchy? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And it's just like, and then I get, and then the next part of the cycle is me being aware of it okay. and being like, okay, let's, let's, let's shed some of these layers. Let's try to get down to like true enlightenment. Let's try to get, let's try to get down to, and then you finally figure out why all of these yogis and gurus and masters, like, like, like grand masters, why they just fucking sit on a mountain. Cause you, you cause it's like, at what point do you stop going through these cycles and just be still and, and take in the beauty that life and existence has, right? My, oh, my, it's dead on. And before, I just want to say one thing to that. James Hillman, a pretty popular depth psychologist, yeah, yeah, has this has this quote where he says, 
you know, we think the goal is to always just be constantly aware that we just have to be aware, but no, the goal is to be in it. Sometimes we're just in it with Mm -hmm. moments of awareness, but we want to be in it. We want to be in our stories. We want to be in. And that's why, you know, with, I love myth and, and mm-hmm. I think myth helps us totally identify that. So like Doug, when you share a dream to me, or like if someone shares like their trip story, you can go and enter into their myth yeah. and be like, Whoa, I don't, you know, I'm entering into the myth of Doug or Tracy right now. And where are they at now? I they're seeing things I've never seen before, but this figure over here, he kind of looks like a little shadowy figure that reminds me of a shadowy figure that I met the other I day in, in a dream I had. So you're kind of pointing them out in their myth, but you're in there with them. And um, we're here. I want to experience life. I don't want to just be aware and sit on a mountain and meditate all day. Yes, um, exactly. Yeah. It's, and so, you know, and that's, it. yeah. And that's, there's two, I think there's two parts to that. The presence part and being in it, you know, that's the, and I've, this is what I've been playing with this a lot in the last few months, just like allowing myself to be human, which I think is when you, especially when you have a big awakening or you have a profound um, journey experience and you see the universe, the multiverse, you know, you, it starts to get really mundane down here. It can, and it, you know, and then you, you start to see what a joke the matrix is and, and these, and these systems that we're forced to prescribe to, and it gets frustrating as well. And then you, then I find myself saying, well, like, this is stupid. Like, I don't want to like go to this birthday party. It's like, it's doesn't mean anything, but it does mean something because we're humans connecting. And so I have to, you know, just make it simple, like keep it simple, stupid, you know? So there's that part of, like you said, like being in the presence. And I think even, even the ascended masters or the masters, you have to make a choice. Like you're either down there in the muck and the dirt with humans, which was what Jesus did. And, And a lot of what you said, Doug, was very Christ consciousness, right? Like, being aware and just allowing yourself to live in the moment um, with other people. But on the other hand, when you get into your head, which is common because we are human, for me, what I found that is really helpful is just always asking why. Like, Mm -hmm. what is the why behind what I'm doing? What is the why behind why I'm posting? Am I posting this right now because I need people, I need to be seen because I need to say something that's important, you know, that I'm, 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 projecting it to one person that I hope might read it, you know, or am I, or am I posting because from my heart, I can't keep this in, you know, or, um, or it's just fucking fun, you know, or, you know, like, and that's okay too. Um, so, and, and to the dancing part that really resonated with me because like, I've really struggled, especially as a woman and getting older, like exercise. And I've had a long history of, issues. Um, I had to let go. Like the Peloton really fucked me up because I was like, why am I getting on the Peloton? Oh, I'm getting on so I can beat someone on the leaderboard. I'm getting on. So more, so my, the people who follow me can see what, how many times I've done it. I'm getting on so I can brag to people that I did the Peloton today. So I had to step away from the Peloton because I wasn't doing it for my health. I was doing it for these external things and I wasn't dancing anymore. I was, there had nothing to do with dancing. And When, and even like to your point with dancing, if I go to a full moon circle or some sort of thing, if I feel like I'm going because I want to tell people I'm going, I don't go because my why is up here. Mm -hmm. And I just, I'm like, girl, you're not, you're not there. 
and I just don't do it. Man, I love that. Something came to me when you were talking about the matrix that I just want to share real quick. Cause you, you, you watch the matrix. It's been a while since I've seen the movie and I haven't seen the new one yet, but, um, in the first one, you know, you don't you bother. Talk about, yeah. Okay. I won't then, you know, the red pill, blue pill thing. And you're like, well, take the red pill. So you have a couple options, right? You can take the blue pill and forget all about it and go and just live in the matrix and forget that you are outside of it. And the matrix is just a story and just a fabrication. You can take the red pill and then go get out of the matrix and then fight against it and live on a shitty spaceship and <laughs> like eat gruel every day. <laughs> or, <laughs> or you can take the red pill, get unlocked a little bit and be like, Oh, wait, I want to go back and live in the matrix. I know it's like a creation or whatever, but there's beautiful stories there and humans yeah. to connect with and parties to go to and delicious things to eat. And, and you know, occasionally now I can little, I can bend a, a spoon when I want to with my mind because I've got Jedi powers. Hell yeah, dude. And maybe I think that's the one I want to do. It's the purple pill. You take the purple yes, pill. Yes, I want the purple, the purple pill. <laughs> because because the, the, the thing that I, you know, I, I am a fan of the Matrix series and I have seen the new Matrix twice uh, because I saw it the first time and I was like, okay, that sucked. Let me watch it again just to make sure. <laughs> but here's the, here's what I would love for the Matrix to have explored. What if, what if you take the red pill and there's always another fucking red pill? Oh. Do, do you that's know what I mean? It, that, and that's, like, that's the truth. Let's keep going down this little rabbit hole. It's turtles all the way down. It's red yeah. pills all the way down, right? <laughs> Yeah. And and so then it just becomes this thing where the red pill or the blue pill or the purple pill, it's all a fucking placebo. Who cares what color the pill is? Because it's all a construct of the combination of our mind. And see, here's the thing, Tracy. I fall very easily into the concept of solipsism, which is I the only thing I know is that I exist and the rest of you, mm. God knows what you're up to. God knows who you re- what you really are right? Are you mirrors of me? Are you real? I, I don't know, but who cares? That's mm-hmm. the point. Who cares? Because whatever the two of you are, I'm having the time of my life right now, right now I'm having the time of my life. So it, whether it was, I took a red pill, I took a blue pill, I took a purple pill. I took another red pill. Then I combined it with a, re- a blue pill and then I washed it down with three pills at once. Who fucking care? It doesn't matter Yeah, because it's about that experience of, I don't need to find the meaning of life. I need to find the living of life. I need to find the being, right? I'm going to completely change the subject because we've talked about it a couple of times with, with journeys and trips. And I know that you, I know that you do a whole thing on, on micro dosing, which I'm open to kind of going back and forth on where, where I land on micro dosing. Mm. How did you find, you know, you talked about your 40th birthday and kind of deciding like, Hey, there's, What's the next decade going to look like? What's the rest the rest of my life going to look like? Mm-hmm. What brought you to plant medicine and, and, and what, how did that happen? Like what, what was your, what, what was your entry, your gateway into it? What was that like? Is that okay? Um, was that too abrupt of a, no, I think it's perfect. Well, okay. I mean, I was like, this conversation is going to be eight hours long if we keep going down the pillar conversation. <laughs> so I'd like, and I like, think it could be. Yeah, I'm kind of into it because like I have so many questions for you. But um, <laughs> what brought that? What? Okay, you know, I think I was always called to something bigger, mm. and 
I can't pinpoint it exactly. There were inkling, like I had been reading about ayahuasca way before it got trendy. I don't know how I came around. It just sort of stumbled in my path. Like, I don't know, many, many, many years ago. And I just always found it fascinating. And it really resonated with me. Like the idea of being in nature, in the jungle, you're working with original peoples, like all of it just made a lot of sense to me. But the old Tracy was like, there's no way in hell you're ever going to do that. Like ever. (laughs) Um, So I just sort of put it out of my mind. And, you know, all my friends, a lot, not all my friends, but a lot of my friends have like done all the things. And I always hear the stories and I was always like, well, that's not me either. I'm, you know, I was a big drinker for most of my life and I still drink um, not nearly as much, but like, you know, weed, I live in Denver. I take it to sleep. It's never really resonated. And so there's something, there's just always something niggling in my head. And then really I read Michael Pollan's book um, mostly because I, I like die for him. I've read everything he's ever written. I've just been a fan of, I mean, Omnivore's Dilemma, frankly, was one of the most pivotal books in my life. Like it changed everything for me. Um, So I was excited to read his book and it just, I just got it. Like, I just was like this, all of the, all of this that they're talking about is sounds great. But then I was still like, well, that I, there's no way I could do that. And so I put the book down. I mean, I read it the minute it was released, told all my friends and family about it. And they all looked at me like I was crazy years (laughs) passed. Um, And then frankly, my best friend invited me finally in 2020 to go like with a bunch of girls to a lake and go camping and do shrooms. And I was, I I had, I was still like toying with the idea of plant medicine. And I was like, well, this is a great group of women. It's a perfect environment. I, I got to try it. And when in 2020, July. Oh, okay. Our ayahuasca was in June. I was wondering. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And in June, like was when I had like my official, like spiritual awakening. Like I wrote it in my journal. I I thought I was going to float out of this house and I crawled over to my journal while my husband and my daughter were in the kitchen cleaning up. And I wrote, I'm either on the verge of a spiritual awakening or I'm about to lose my mind. And I didn't even know, I didn't even know what the word spiritual awakening was. Like I didn't, I wrote things I didn't know of. And, and then, I would say that awakening and, a, and psychosis are very close to the same thing. Oh, yes. for so, sure. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. So then I did. So when I went to the lake to do the shrooms, I thought like, if this feels right, maybe there's something here. And it was beautiful. Like I'm just one of those people that takes mushrooms and I go, it's galactic every time. Um, and I saw all the symbols and I saw the fourth dimension and I just understood the connectedness. And I laid on the beach and stared at the sky. And I was like, where has this been all my life? And, but then for some reason, microdosing just really resonated with me. And I actually happened to just find a course. It came through my LinkedIn feed of all things. And it was created by Casey Garrett who does microdosing for healing. And it was created by a woman and she was going to teach you about all the things. And it just kind of made sense. And I'm very like, I'm a, I'm a learner. So I liked that it was a course and there was stuff to read and I just signed up. And the minute I started, it was like, I, I was just, I'm just here. I'm just made to take mushrooms. Like it's like, (laughs) and so from there, I, I went through her course and the changes were just so profound through the whole thing. When we would get on calls and stuff, I was, I loved every minute of it. The only thing that was sort of in the back of my head again was this experience is just so different for moms. 
And, you know, I'm doing this in between ballet drop-off and car line and cooking dinner and going to the grocery store and running a company. And, you know, my healing is done in segments. I don't get to go to Peru for two and a half weeks. You know, it's not very responsible of me to or do even, that with a little kid. Like, or even two and a half years. I know it's people who just go and, right. yeah. So, you know, I can't even go to Bali. I would love to do all those things. It's just not realistic for me yeah. right now. And so, you know, it was just all kind of churning. And so, but with that, I mean, the shrooms just sort of opened my head. And then it wasn't until 2021, last summer, just around this time, actually, we were driving in the mountains. My daughter, my 18-year-old niece, me and my husband, we were outside Aspen, Colorado on a Monday morning and we got nailed by a drunk driver. Oh, shit. And uh, got in a horrible car accident. The car, it hit my side. I had the most injuries. We went through a guardrail, flew 30 feet in the air and landed in the ditch in the mountains and had to pull the girls out of the car. It was awful. But in the moment flying in the air, like I felt the, I felt angels on our car, set it down. I mean, the EMTs were like, what is this vehicle? How are you alive? Like nobody, I mean, we went through a guardrail, um, it's, you know, 65, 70 miles an hour and we lived and we weren't even that injured. And, um, I say that injured, it was not great. Um, but that led me that was another kind of like boom that was during my year of surrender that um, led me to desperately try to find a therapist for my daughter because I was seeing the light go out behind her eyes. Um, you know, questioning everything you told me I was safe. Now I don't, you, you said, you know, um, and good luck finding a therapist for a child during these crazy times. People yeah. wouldn't even return my phone call. And I'm like, so pleading. I was like, my dad, she's not well, like I need, she needs to talk to someone. Um, and we ended up, and in that I was finding that, and I had been microdosing and I was finding that I was alchemizing all of this, you know, these waves of fear and, you know, replaying what happened. It was just releasing out of me. And I knew it was the medicine that was helping me. And I, cause I was like, no mother could experience this. And just like, not that I was okay, but I was okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and so anyway, we ended up finding a woman who uh, like could treat everyone in our family and she was a shaman. And then I later found out that she's been like kind of doing plant medicine. She was trained by Stan Groff doing holotropic breath work. Um, so she saw my daughter, fixed her up immediately. And um, when she and I started talking, uh, it was just like instant energetic connection and she instantly became my mentor. And a few months later is when I did my first journey. And so the whole thing brought me to now where literally to talking to you, this whole, it was all just a path. Um, and the journey was what really just opened me up, cracked me open from the inside out. And, um, you know, there's no looking back. I love that. No, you're on the road now. You're on the path. I'm on the path. There's no, and it's not, it has nothing to do with me. You know, I'm just like no. doing what they tell me. Man. I hope. Did I answer your question? You you did. The, the reason there's a pause is because uh, both of us are just taking that in for a second. Yeah. 
And we you know we can cut the pauses. Maybe not. We can keep them. Who knows? I like the pauses. I kind of like the pauses, Seth. And, you know, if it's not too long, we'll just keep the pauses. Yeah, Seth, the pauses are okay. <laughs> keep the pauses in, Seth, motherfucker. <laughs> I love Seth. Seth, Seth, you brilliant wizard. Just keep the fucking pauses in there. By the way, Seth is a wizard who edits his podcast. I, I figured that. Yeah. We, yeah. we love that. We love him to death. Um, but it just speaks to this thing of like, and I, I feel like it ties into what we were talking about. Yeah. We've been talking about the whole fucking time is that how much control control do we really have of this thing? You know? And, and you can say like, well, I don't believe in God and spirituality or whatever, but you have to believe that something there are things that are, will happen outside of your control that will steer you in a direction that you never thought you would be in. And, you know, we, we talked about this, we did a manifesting episode a while back. And um, just to repeat that here a little bit, it was like this thing of like, if you would have told me two years ago, so two years ago, we, I think we'd, maybe we'd recorded our first episode, Doug, we hadn't released it yet. So maybe two years and two months ago, what I, what, what my life would be like in two years, yeah. I couldn't have predicted any of it, any of it. And so we, we, we want to maintain, we try to so hard to maintain this egoic sense of control and that control our lives. And I love that, you know, you were talking about surrender was that word you, you learned that year and it's not fucking easy. I mean, it sounds like that was, you know, it was beating it out of you in a way. And I mean, I'm still bruised a year later. Yeah. Like I still have bruises. So whether you call that God or whatever there, yeah. we humans, feel like we can control the whole motherfucking universe and we, we can't, <laughs> can we control our own lives? Yeah. Well, Mike, I would, I would maybe add to what you're saying. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I, I, I would add to what you're saying that like, whether we call it God or chaos, which, which might be diametrically opposed in the traditional sense, it's that same concept, right? Of like, if I could just control this, there, there's just, there's one little thing and that gets into manifestation, Mike, where, where it's just like, Oh, this, I, I, I want a thing or I, or I'm, I'm drawn toward a thing and I just want to control this one little thing and that will make me feel okay. It, then that, but then that surrender thing comes in and it's like, okay, you can try to manifest shit and you can try to have some sense of control and you can, and you can try to have some sense of like, this is the path my life is going on and I'm choosing this and I'm choosing that. And I'm on this adventure. All that goes out the window when you're sideswiped by a, a drunk driver and flying 30 feet through the air, right? It's all, it all goes away. It's complete chaos. And that's why I love that your, that your word for 21 was surrender because you can't, there's just nothing that you can do. We get this illusion of control of like, okay, I wake up at 6.30 and I do this practice and then I have this cup of coffee and then my day goes accordingly. I get in contact with my own self and then my day goes accordingly. But, but, you, but the chaos that exists is no matter how strong of a, of a witch or a warlock or a wizard or a magical being or an angel that you are, when that drunk driver hits you, it comes out of nowhere and there's no there's no sense of control whatsoever. And that's why I love that you followed up surrender with this year being courage, because it's like, they are very directly related, right? That, that surrender probably is quite a courageous path to walk anyway. Cause it's just like, Oh shit. Now what? 
right? Yeah, it sucks. But then following it up with courage is like, well, here's what, and 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 I can, I can stand in my own, I can stand in my own power. I can stand in holy places. I can be, no matter what direction the wind is blowing, no matter what lack of control exists, no matter what chaos exists, I can stand in it, and have courage and be okay and 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 roll with it am, am i totally off here or no, is this like right I, no, along the I line would, of yeah. no it's you're out you can stand in the chaos but i would just offer in that moment we got hit did it all actually go away or did it all come crashing down on us you know it's it's all a perspective shift Good point. you know like i and that is for me that's where manifestation when you figure that out and I, I I would never ever in a million years say I'm an expert manifester. I I don't know if I am or if I'm not, but what I do understand is that I have a choice. I have a choice to be angry, to be sad, to be a victim, to live in that, or I have a choice to ask why, and what was the why of that moment? And it was different for me. It was different for my husband. It was different for my 10 year old daughter that why will serve us for the rest of our life if we just surrender to being open to asking the question. And when you allow the why, the chaos is just a grand adventure. It's all just a grand adventure. Yeah, hell yeah. And isn't that beautiful to say, I get a good, I get to get up and I get to have my coffee or my cacao and I get to microdose and I get to go to work. And I get to wonder, am I going to make it to the end of the day? I don't know. No idea. It could all end in a minute. But isn't that amazing? Like, I get to find that out. And when you stop battling the world and saying, oh, it's not the way I want it. And instead, you just say, why not? Or what is this lesson? Or why am I doing this? It all just becomes so much more beautiful. It's delightful. Reminds me of uh, you guys have seen Hook, right? That movie. Yeah. <laughs> seen what? Hook. Hook. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Death. Death is the only adventure. When you're talking about like, yeah, I might die tomorrow. Tonight, it might be over. Well, that's just the start of a new. You're gonna be dead, and who knows what realm or wherever you're gonna be. You know, even if the realm is like nothing, I don't know. I mean, who's to say I didn't die in that ditch? Like, honestly, how do I know? Yeah. You know, <laughs> like it wasn't great when I, you know, like. I don't know. I don't know if I'm here or there. I think I'm alive, but it doesn't matter. It just, you know, Ram Das says it's like taking off an old death is like taking off a tight shoe. You know, it's just a relief from to another moment where you're shoeless. Yeah. It's all beautiful. And we feel that in the many deaths we have every day or along the way, or the major deaths, you know, I mean, we're not, always maybe our physical body's dying, but we're having deaths all the time. And, you know, you talked about it when you were saying now you're more surrendered, I guess, to crying in a puddle on the floor when you're having that death and mourning that process and, and moving through it. Um, and the courage to you're on this path to take some steps forward because now you're on it. And I mean, we've always been on it, but now you're recognizing you're on this journey and engaging in the chaos and being like, I am here for it. I'm here to see what's around the bend. You know, it's a dragon or a 
beautiful princess or whatever happens around the bend. I'm, I'm, I'm in it, you know? Um, I don't know. I just got my first tattoo this weekend. What? Oh, let's see it, girl. Come well, on now. my foot, so I don't think I can figure out how to show it to you. But it says, free in the midst of all things, free in the midst of fear. Hell yeah. That you are free in that chaos, in that vortex, in that flying car, in that fight, in that questioning. You are still free. And I am not... I screw it up constantly and I'm scared. I am scared constantly. And I, you know, you, you go through these waves and these mini deaths, like you said, and they suck, you know, those hard days and you feel it all. And I make mistakes and then I beat myself up for that. And I think the only thing you can do is just stay, know that you are free and that it's, it's, it's not a linear road and it's, it's not a, it's a never ending road, you know? So you're not going to get cut off. Have you two seen everything everywhere all at once? No, I need to. So I listen to this. I have watched the beginning three times. So I started watching it. Then my wife comes in. I'm 45 minutes in my wife comes in. She's like, Oh, you restart it for me. Yeah. Let's restart it. Get it like an hour in. And then last night we were about to finish it. And then uh, my daughter is like, Hey, I want to, I want to watch this. So we restarted it again. I am now like an hour and, but I'm getting to a part, which Doug, this was speaking to my dark trip. It's the same thing. It's like uh, the meaning, like in that trip, I was feeling, feeling like everything was meaningless. Yeah. It was that thing of like, Oh, a, I like, had that, Oof. you know? Yeah. Where it's like, Oh wait. So I'm going to wake up from this life and go into another one, or I can time travel to different places and this and this. And it's like, what's, what's the fucking point? Oh, it's the so worst. I'm at that point in the movie right now where oh, it's like, dude. what's the fucking point. Right. When they're, they're, they're the rocks sitting on the, the, yeah. you know, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's a movie I need right now. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like we're talking about it tonight. Like, honestly, like that's what I'm feeling. Cause like, the, the the every every tiny little thing that we do maybe creates this split where you know Tracy I started going down a whole mental rabbit hole when you were like maybe I did die in that car accident and I was like yeah maybe like maybe like ten thousand versions of you died in that car accident there's no reason to believe that they didn't. You know what I mean? And there's yeah. 10,000 versions of all your, your loved ones dealing with it in a different way. Mm-hmm. We, we just so happened to be in the version where you survived it with like nary a scratch or maybe, maybe a little bit of a scratch, but, but still feeling good and getting tattoos and rocking hard. But like, who was driving? You, you said your husband was driving. Yeah. Like, had he not, slowed down a bit to take a Twizzler or to uh, turn and say a thing to you or the cruise control was weird and someone was pulling up on the left-hand lane and like all of those little things, there's a billion that happen every single day that create new realities for us. And we just so happen to be here consciously talking about this reality that we're in and God knows how many there are. Mm -hmm. And it's like when, when everything is so determined by fate, then that gives a, that almost like is, it has the opposite effect where it frees us up to be anything, to, to, to 
to be whatever we want and to simply exist in the shitty moments and, and exist in the tough days and the mini deaths as you, as I think Mike, you called it mini deaths, right. That we, mm-hmm. that we experience every day. It's like, well, that which remains is what I'm doing right now. That That's all I got. That's, that's all I can tap into right now. Right. And, and so why not, why not roll it? I did. Sorry, go ahead. I, I'm no, just and that's, that's what allows you to dance to yeah. bring it back to what you said. That was so beautiful. If you realize that, then it doesn't matter where you are or who you with or what you're wearing or how it's going. You are fucking dancing because it's, you are alive and yeah. it's, it's beauty. And you are just, you are feeling every molecule of air against your skin and you are soaking it up. And that is the why, and you are not in your head. And if that's the, that's the gift of remembering that you get to do that. And then none of it, all, none of it matters. It doesn't yeah. fucking matter. Yeah. I mean, I've yeah. had a hard cry that smells as good as an orgasm before. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's getting that cry out. Um, Tracy, holy shit. Like, I think this new podcast is we just bring Tracy on and she just. <laughs> well, you like, guys, honestly, I love you guys. <laughs> Tracy, you might just be replacing. I, what I just heard is maybe you're replacing me and I'm and I'm being sunsetted. Like maybe no. I'm being put out to pasture here. No, no, no. <laughs> which no, I, no, no. which by the way, I agree with. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I think this is, but this is the synergy and the beauty of being open with, um, with beautiful humans. And, you know, Zach Bush talks about it all the time, all the great philosophers, when you, again, it just comes down to openness and love. And when you can just allow yourself to get over yourself you don't actually need shrooms or weed or booze. You can just talk with humans that allow you to, you know, question the red or the blue pill. And, and, and from that comes the beauty, you know, and we just have to get over ourselves to do it. And so thank you for allowing me, you know, I don't often get to have conversations like this with people either. It's, but that these are the, the these are the gifts you know these are the gifts that God gives us to remind us that we need to stick around and not be so bitter all the time you know. God hell yeah, hold up. We sound like we're wrapping up, but first of all, I need to get into some philosophy. Like so, I, was I know you're. I was just giving a compliment because I'm loving same. this conversation. <laughs> I'm loving this. So Tracy, can we talk microdosing? Yes. So before we started recording, uh, the three of us were kind of talking about maybe, maybe, or maybe not getting kind of like philosophical about what microdosing is, what it does and, and the impact that it has. What has been your experience with dude, That sounded like the first real question that I've asked tonight. Like, what has been your experience with microdosing? Very 3d of you. Yeah. Um, uh, well, my experience with microdosing, I think we've kind of discussed because if you reflect back on everything I said, the through line in that is that I've been on subperceptual doses of psilocybin the whole time. Um, so for me and why I think it's my path, I think that for America, which is where I live and the culture, this is the culture that I know 
we, what I'm coming to realize is that we have not been raised in any great reverence for anything really sacred or holy, even in the churches that you guys and I was raised in. It's the dogma, but there's no, there's no grit to it, right? There's no, and so like, unlike original cultures who grew up with plant medicine, who allow themselves, who did have rituals, and there's just something powerful in gathering around the fire and wailing and chanting. I mean, I'm, I'm seeing now what a disservice we've done to ourselves by eliminating that from our lives because we are just so square. <laughs> and so I believe for me, I think that starting plant medicine with microdosing, especially as mothers, it allows you to create a relationship with these little beings of light and understand the sacredness and holiness of it in a slow and steady way that isn't fast and furious like America likes to do bigger, better, stronger, go more, more grams, bigger journey, go to, you know, go to Peru, go to Costa Rica, blow your brains out, whatever, you know, like instead let's take it slow. Let's take a minute to actually just watch the transformation and create a relationship because I do think you create a relationship with mushrooms and once once that is established and you've just you know you've you've at least given some reverence to it or understood that maybe there's something more it's not just a pill like allopathic medicine then i think you can step into a journey and fully embrace the impact of it but my personal opinion and i, I lots of people disagree with me but for me I don't think a lot of us are ready to just dive into a big journey and, and truly have the best, the most profound experience that we could because we don't even understand the technology that we're working with. And so that's where I think microdosing bridges that gap and it walks you over that bridge so that when you drink that disgusting tea and you lay back down and you're with your guide you are ready to like, let it all happen. So that's why microdosing for me. And then I think also in this world, I think the other side of that is I feel very strongly that we need to start reprogramming ourselves from the allopathic medicine sort of training that we've all been told, which is one pill, same pill for every person. Everybody takes the same dose. You do it every day at the same time. There's no connection to it. And instead, especially for mothers, what is so beautiful about microdosing is you start to feel your body come online and you start to, you start to understand where your aches and pains are when you're tired. Like it, it, the, the mushrooms tell you where you need to heal and it takes time to listen to that. But then once you get through that phase, then you start to listen to your body and your intuition comes online and you start to take your life back and you start to have more control and learn that you can control that you're in charge, that you know, what's best for you and learning that and learning to trust yourself. You know, maybe I don't want to do the Stamets protocol or the Fatiman protocol. Like maybe every other day is best for me. Maybe seven days a week is best for me, you know, right now in this moment. And that kind of um, confidence in yourself and in the medicine, I just think is irreplaceable. And then from there, go do those journeys, go to the jungle, do it all. But you've got that groundwork laid for you. Well, I love how it just even reframes, like you were talking, what was the word you use? I've never heard that word before, allopathic. 
Yeah. Just like Western medicine. Just that. Yeah. Just that. Yeah. I didn't have a term for that. Now I do. I'm glad Mm -hmm. I do now. Because a question we get asked a lot is um, kind of like, okay, for, for someone starting out, you know, they say, okay, what's, what's the dosage and do I need to do booster doses every once in a while? You know, they're very thinking of it very much like, how do I get rid of my symptoms? Mm-hmm. And when, you know, it, that question sounds so foreign to me right now. The first time I heard it after we started the podcast is like, what, like, oh, okay. I, it's, it was hard for me to get back into that mindset. Yeah. of how I thought about mushrooms before I, I took yeah. them. Yeah. And so it, it reframes your mind and stuff. And I love how you talked about just like listening to your body. Usually what happens when like, like, you know, the point of microdosing is that it's happening like underneath the surface. So you're yeah. not tripping, you're not yeah. feeling high. But the thing I usually feel is like, oh shit, I need to stretch right now. That's what yes. I have. Yes. <laughs> I don't want this candy bar. I want an orange. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, it's fast that you like feel it, you know? Yeah. And I've needed to stretch the whole fucking day, but it's finally, it kicks in. And it's like, oh wait, no. Okay. Yeah. And then I stretch and I feel good. Yeah. yeah. Cause your body tells you, you just got to listen. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's my philosophy. Even my mentor would, you know, she, she thinks that starting with a big journey and kind of doing that bust through the wall, is kind of her philosophy. And I get that too. Um, but I do think in my niche and I'm here to serve mothers, I've been in the mom space for 10 years. I'm a mom myself. I know moms and I know busy modern 2022 moms very well. And some of that's just not realistic. And there's a lot of fear in our culture right now. There's a lot of skepticism. There's a lot of dogma. There's a lot of programming. And so let's just go low and start slow. And let's start with microdosing and let's watch yourself transform to a place where you can step into that circle and go for it. And I just, I, I think that's for me, I think for mothers, that's my recommendation. Man, I think this might be the first episode I ask my wife to listen to. Um, I was thinking the same thing, Doug. I was like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I was the same thing. Yeah. Like my wife, uh, who I love, Infinity, um, doesn't give a shit about the podcast, and she's also just kind of like, I don't like like one of the big things is I'm always like, hey, let's do a journey. Let's do a journey together, you know. And once in a while, she'll do it with me, but most of the time, she's like, no, we get. I, I can't, I can't release. I can't let go because I got to worry about our three children, you know, whereas I'm just like, they'll be fine, you know, and I'm just listening to you speak. And I'm like, wow, have I ever tried to actually consider it from what she's going through, what she's trying to like balance, what she's trying to navigate. And it's, it's really opening something up in me where I've always just been like, Oh, I wish we could connect on this thing. You know, we connect on so many things, but I, this is my favorite thing. I wish we could connect on it. And I'm just, I'm hearing you. I'm, 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 I'm hearing you all the way in. Thank you for that. That's You're welcome. fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it, and also it may just not be her thing, you know, it yeah, doesn't have to be everyone's thing, you know, and again, there's a million ways up the mountain, but inside that, when you can, you know, and if your wife can get to a place where she can release, and I do want that for mothers, I want moms to feel like 
they can go away for a weekend and do deep healing. And I want moms to feel like they can trust women again and be in a community and get it out there and work through their problems in real time with other women, not a guru, not even a therapist. I'm none of those things. It's each, it's the group that does the work. But when you get to that point, then the freedom, that's where the freedom comes. And Mm. then we're raising children not to be like that. So we're raising we're showing by example, and then we're we're telling our children that they're, this life that I left or I'm, or I'm trying to leave behind isn't for you. That you can allow yourself, you can do you can do psychedelics and be a parent. And the the ripple effect that I see in in the future is, oh gosh, it's like you know, and you guys see it. It's amazing, but we gotta, we just got to take baby steps a little bit, you know, it's, and again, these, the, the, the young single people, the older retired people go to the jungle, go to Bali, do, do all of that. I can't do it right now. And I've just got one kid and I can't do it. So what else can I do? I can do this and I can take a few Saturdays a year and I can ship her off to a friend's or to the grandparents. So I can give myself some space to integrate and not feel guilty about it for a second because I'm going to come out the other side, just being a better mom, wife. And, and, and that's just, that's just icing on the cake. What, what I'm really coming out is, is I'm coming out as the best version of me, you know, and I'm finally freaking happy. Yeah. Gosh, I love that. So speaking of that, what, um, with, what are some of the things you uh, offer with more uh, moms on mushrooms? Like, what what, what will they expect to see when they find you? Yeah. So it's, um, right now there's, um, three courses that kind of go up in, in, in deepness, I guess. Um, the first course, they're all three months. So, um, nine months together, which is time it takes to grow a baby. Um, (laughs) didn't even plan that one. Uh, and the first course is, and this came to me in meditation and I was like, oh, come on, so woo, I don't want to do it. Um, <laughs> but it actually follows the chakras um, because it came to me that microdosing in particular, it really is a journey through the chakras, right? Like you come yeah. at the root, you've got, you're either feeling ungrounded, you're feeling fearful, you're feeling like you need change, you don't feel stable, you're skeptical about the medicine, all these things. Um, that's all root stuff. You take that and then it just works its way up. So the lessons work their way up through until you get to the crown, the third eye and the crown. And I do think when you've kind of worked through and sort of opened up these portals, not cleared them, not healed them, we're just, and it's also good, like, again, back to sort of American culture, what I didn't want was to say, okay, you're going to take this capsule or whatever. And then, you know, people take it and they sit back and they're like, well, why isn't my life? Why is my life different? And so we can take two weeks and we can focus on just this one part of us. And then we can focus on this next part of us. And then you start to, you start to connect the dots a little bit. And by the time you kind of get up to the heart, people are starting to like figure stuff out on their own. And so that's the half of the first course. And then, and then the second half of it is just a bunch of support materials, just answering questions, just good old fashioned. Like if you want to go big and deep and you want to read papers and science and listen to podcasts and all the things, like I've got all that, I've got information about functional mushrooms, just kind of like a primer that's all self-guided. Um, and then the second course, um, we 
is completely different. And we dive into archetypes and really study different archetypes and kind of dig through that and how it relates to that and how the mushrooms are bringing up these different archetypes. And then the third course um, is has yet to be um, started because my OG group is in the middle of the second course. Um, but the third course, my hope is, is that I'm out of the picture completely and it's, it's three months. We gather every other week for each course. So six, um, sessions of 90 minutes. And my hope is to bring in elders and crone mothers to come in and tell their stories. And it's just an exchange of wisdom. And that is the most important thing for me is that we learn from our elders. We learn from our original peoples and or just crones in, in our, in our society that just their voices aren't heard that have experience with the medicine and have lessons to teach us moms. And so that's what the third course will be. And so, yeah, that, that's the courses. And then we have kind of communities um, and I'm just working on rolling out kind of some other offerings that'll probably be in the fall um, for people who don't want to def- necessarily do a group thing, even though that's where I think the healing happens some people have trauma from doing group work, you know, or on their own path. Um, so there'll be a self-supported one and one-on-one options if that calls to you. And then I think I'm going to be rolling out like a low level membership for women who kind of like how I was five years ago, like it, interested, tiptoeing around it, but just need to know more. So I want to create a community where moms can just like dip their toes, learn, ask questions. And when they're ready, I've got everything you need. So that's it. Oh, so what, so how do people track you down? Like what's the best way to um, uh, participate, get involved, find you? How, how do they do that? Sure. Just go to momsonmushrooms.com. That's got everything that you'll need. Um, I'm on Instagram sort of begrudgingly, as I think I kind of hinted. Social media doesn't horribly resonate with me lately. Um, I think because of my own ego and shadow. Um, so I'm on there, but it's not my main thing, but that's, um, moms on mushrooms official. And, uh, that's it. You'll find me one of those places. It's just me. So email me or DM me. Well, one of the things we have in common too, not just the name, but like, (laughs) there's a lot of moms in Mormonism (laughs) Oh yeah, and a lot of moms <laughs> who became moms before they became yeah. like you know uh, at women. the age of 20, 21. Before, yeah, 22. before they were adult women, they were yeah. moms. Yeah, and just listening to your courses, I was getting chills because it's clearly, I would say, mushroom inspired courses. You know what oh. I mean? Like hundred oh, percent. Yeah. <laughs> well, in the way that's like, I think you're guiding them in such a beautiful, organic, inspired way. It's like, if you want to not only just like lean into plant medicine and healing and, and, you know, that part, but like, if you want to find your path almost, right. And that path is your center. We were talking about it's you, it's in within you. It's not within anyone else. It's not within a tarot card thing. It's not within a new dogma. No, it's within you. No, the tarot cards might show that within you and these paths might. But it's within your chakras. It's within yourself. Mm-hmm. So you teach them to get in touch with their body mm-hmm. first and then go into, you know, more medicine stuff. And then, okay, now, now that you're in a centered space, now you can listen to the wisdom of our elders without following them dogmatically either, mm-hmm. you know, because now yeah. you're connected to yourself, accept their wisdom and their life path and see where their paths may have aligned with yours and where they don't. 
Yeah. Take what you want and leave the rest behind. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And you know, it's hard. I mean, this, this, this space is blowing up and it's exciting to watch and we're all involved in our own way, but like, I don't need to add more information to the mix. There's plenty out there and there's plenty (laughs) of content creators that are killing it. And there's plenty of people, you know, doing the science stuff or like, you know, that know how to grow the shit. Like, go find that, like educate yourself. It's all, it's amazing for me. It's the focus so that you, that like, you just, you said it so correctly, like, you know, find your center, find this place back, this space, this container, and then go out and like live your life, you know? Oh my God. And the one thing you can offer that none of them can, and is that community of doing it with other moms. Nope. Exactly right. People who speak your language, who know what you're going through, who, who know your struggles, who know all of it. And so it's like, you're doing it with a community of people that are in your same boat and have a shared experience. Yep. Exactly. That's exactly it. That's it. I'm just here for the moms in the shrooms. (laughs) Tracy, I fucking love it. That's the name. Yeah. (laughs) Tracy, I, 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 I think we might be done recording, but I want to hang out. Like I go to Denver every once in a while for work. Can can we go get a beer or something like that? Yes. Come over. Okay. Yes. Here's the last question then. What, what has the better snow Denver or Salt Lake city? Oh gosh. You know, I love Salt Lake city so much. That's a really good question. Here's um, a little tidbit. I don't ski and I'm a Colorado (laughs) native, Um, but there hasn't been a lot of snow in Colorado. I mean, there is, but not like how I grew up. So I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's Utah. Well, do you, what about nuggets versus jazz? Who do you, I hate, I hate basketball. (laughs) Oh girl. Now we got beef. (laughs) I like, I like baseball. I like the Colorado Rockies. Go Rockies. That means you can be, if you don't like care about basketball, it means you can just be a jazz fan. Okay. Got That's good. Jazz. Do I have to go to the games? <laughs> no. We do have the best, we do have the best concert venue on the planet though. Red Rocks. Red Rock is the best. Honestly, you are right about that. You want to talk about like a holy place? Like that, you Agreed. just walk up there. It's like going to church. So yeah, I do have that. All right. We're oh the three God. of us are going to be at Red Rock. I'm going to manifest, I'm manifesting this right now. Do it. The three of us are going to be in Red Rock at a place, a concert together. Um, yes, please. That sounds I'm delightful. I'm, I'm, choos- all I'm choosing that path of the multiverse jumping thing or whatever. We're there. I'm feeling it right now. It's great. <laughs> yeah. I'm, we're I'm experiencing everything everywhere all at once, dude. Like, and I'm already dead. So I can easily go. Yeah, so you can do whatever you want. <laughs> dude, you can go wherever. <laughs> Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to Mormons on Mushrooms podcast. We have so much fun recording it. And if you love it, we would absolutely love it if you could leave a review on wherever you get your podcasts. It would really help our visibility so more people can listen to it and be enlightened and hear our crazy stories. So thanks again for tuning in. Thank you.